You're listening to another sermon by Pastor Michael Zapata from the Potter's House Christian Church. Hallelujah. I want to welcome you once again to our online services here at the Potter's House. I want to make you special feel welcome if this is your first time for joining with us. And uh, we want to get straight into the Word of God. If you brought your Bibles, let's turn to the book uh, of Exodus chapter 15, book of Exodus chapter 15. We're going to be reading from verse 22 through to 26 out of the book of uh, Exodus chapter 15. Uh, Whenever you go fox hunting uh, in the wild, uh, you are recommended to take a fox whistle. And the fox whistle is used to attract foxes by giving off a sound uh, that resembles a wounded animal. Now, there are many predators that are out in the wild that are watching and waiting, preying on the wounded and weak. And you and I as Christians need to be mindful of these predators that are watching out for us to consume us, devour us and destroy our lives. One of these predators is known as bitterness. And I want to preach to you a sermon entitled God the Healer out of the book of Exodus chapter 15, reading from verse 22 through to 26. The Bible says these words. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it is called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Then he made a statue and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these the diseases on which I, I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. God the healer. Why don't we quickly pray before we begin. Father God, we're asking you right now that as we gather around your word, I'm believing, Lord Jesus, for the Holy Ghost to be with each and every one of us. Lord, let your word convict, let it stir our hearts, let it challenge us to be uh, closer to you, to grow closer to you. I'm believing, Father God, uh, uh, to cast out every distraction right now. Lord, you anoint this sermon Speak to us directly, uh, help us and lead us in all that you have. We ask for your blessing during this time together uh, and all God's people typed in, uh, amen, hallelujah. Praise God. God the healer, let's look firstly and focus at hitting a wall. Now, the children of Israel have just crossed uh, uh, the Red Sea and are no doubt walking uh, with a springing their step after seeing a great victory that God did on their behalf. Now, one of the things that we enjoy in life is 
experiencing a good win. I don't know about you, but when my team or when I'm playing a sport uh, or I'm doing something uh, and I have a win, there's nothing there right there that you can just, you know, uh, no doubt compared to it's a wonderful experience uh, of seeing that win. But how many know that life isn't always wins? It's not one win after the other. In fact, we become devastated when we face very real uh, losses in our own personal life. Nothing more heartbreaking than seeing your team uh, after winning uh, now all of a sudden hit a losing streak uh, and you want the game to finish. You want this circumstance to change because the thought or the feelings of losing um, are overwhelming uh, and very heartbreaking. Now the children of Israel have now traveled into the wilderness of Shur. For three days they have been journeying and find themselves in need, desperate need of water. Now no doubt in the wilderness this would have caused many to become a, a, a crazy, a needing desperately to be rehydrated. Now that word sure in the Hebrew is defined as a wall. The phrase we can take from this is the children of Israel had, had hit a wall. Now this can be defined as to come up against an obstacle or a problem that stops or impedes your progress. Now let me ask you this evening, uh, have you ever gone through a circumstance uh, whether you're going through some winds and then all of a sudden uh, you face something as if it's stopping you uh, from succeeding, stopping your progress? These hindrances that the children of Israel faced no doubt were hindrances uh, And the Bible says it was in the arena of bitterness. In Exodus chapter uh, 5 verse 23. In Exodus chapter 15 verse 23. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marta. See, the Bible is exposing something profound for us this evening. And that is that bitterness is a predator that can take on many different shapes and disguises. For the children of Israel, it came with something that they so desperately needed. They needed a drink of water. The Bible says they turned to God. No, they turned to Moses. Instead of turning to God, they turned to Moses and began to complain and began to cry out and say, we are thirsty, we need a drink, and you've brought us to these bitter waters. This was a real need. This was no doubt not not evil in itself. Uh, They desperately needed to drink water. They were running out. They were running low. But here is this reality that it was just bitterness. That there are things in life that can divert our attention from 
looking to the heavens and crying out to a faithful God that can help us and bring deliverance, to focusing on the physical factors of life, ultimately causing us to become disappointed and there over time grow bitter and twisted. So this is how many times the root of bitterness can begin. It's the pursuit of something that we so desperately desire. Maybe for you it's happiness or it's prosperity or it's success. Maybe you've cried out and said, you know what, I want a good marriage. I want some healthy children. And it is this, you know, pursuing that you've now done everything in your power. But then when it doesn't come to pass, you get bitter at God. You get bitter at the circumstances. When things don't end up the way you want them, you get bitter. Worse off, if we even see others getting what we want and we don't get it, we get bitter. And this is exactly the journey that God brought them to, to face your bitterness. Look it straight into the eye of what is causing you to be bitter. The circumstances of life, the reversals, the unfortunate things that have transpired. You've hit a wall and you're not going any further. And it is this predator of bitterness that's in the wilderness that is restricting your growth, that is stopping you from moving forward. Listen to me. God deliberately brought the children of Israel to these bitter waters because He wanted them to learn something. What about you this evening? Are there things that God's trying to address in your own life? Have you hit a wall in your own personal walk with God? Are you not seeing what you want to see? And have you grown bitter because of it? I want to look secondly this evening at the root of bitterness. See, what we see in our text is the children of Israel were already harvesting bitterness by their outward complaints. Immediately the Bible says that they divert their complaints towards Moses. In verse 24, then the people complained against Moses saying, what shall we drink? See, for hundreds of years, the children of Israel had lived uh, under the oppression of the Egyptians. Uh, they were slaves. Everything that they had uh, was handed to them, was given to them uh, by those who owned them. And so now they're having to rely on a heavenly father, but yet they still continue to divert their eyes to the physical. You see, one indicator of harvesting bitterness is expressed in the way we respond to hardships. It's how we turn and look for someone to blame. Who's responsible for this? Who should I speak to? I have a complaint in my spirit. I have something to say. I want to speak to someone about this. Bring the manager. 
Someone has to take responsibility. Someone has to fix the problem and immediately they go to Moses. See, the Bible says that Moses was the oracle for God. He was the spokesman. He's the one that brought the law and brought the direction and directed them in and in the direction of the promised land. But yet, see, in order to be able to get to the root of bitterness, we're going to have to go to the source that can deliver us from that bitterness. See, the problem in life Many times the, uh, are the outward expressions or what we see, the outward expressions are just the symptoms. Beneath every problem is always a root. Something that maybe has been lying there, not dealt with for years, decades. And this root isn't going away. Because until it is uprooted, until it is removed, it will stay there and will grow bitter and twisted over the years that passed. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 through to 15. The Bible says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. See, what we see is that bitterness produces other problems. There's something about bitterness that unless we deal with it, it's not going away. It's unavoidable for the children of Israel. There was no other source of water that they could go to. There was no possibility of them journeying further. They were brought to this place for a reason and they had to deal with it. Why? Because until you deal with it, bitterness would just continue to produce more problems. We pass the blame. It's his problem. It's their responsibility. It's never my fault. This always happens. We also see bitterness operates in lies and fantasy. It's those whispers that we thought we heard. It's a look that we were given that somehow sets us on edge. Maybe it's the thoughts, it's the impression you were given and we see as a result bitterness beginning to form in our hearts, consuming us, but it operates in lies and in fantasies. We see also bitterness and joys operating in the lies and fantasies in our minds that it was Naomi that when finally returning to her home, home place to be with her friends, that her friends recognized her, they called out, is that not Naomi? The one who left, the one that used to be here with us, now she's returning, but there was something that had happened in Naomi's life that let her bit, left her bitter and twisted. And so here she is at a time where maybe she ought to be rejoicing and, and reuniting with all her friends once again. She's suspicious. She's bitter and twisted. She says, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Call me bitter. 
Because I went out full, but I've come back empty. In other words, these people weren't uh, uh, looking and asking questions, but she was suspicious of them. In her mind, she's thinking, they know what I had and now what I've lost and I've come with my tail between my legs and all they want to do is ridicule me. When in reality, they just wanted to rejoice with her. They were just happy that she was back. But see, bitterness enjoys operating in the lies and the fantasies of our mind. How we approach the issues that we face determine how we enter into the next chapter and the next stage of our lives. For the children of Israel, they were leaving behind Egypt and no doubt all the heartache that came with Egypt. Now listen, no doubt what they had faced was a horrific experience of slavery, oppression for hundreds of years, and this would have left an imprint in their minds, in their behavior, in how they, how they spoke to one another. And it's possible that they would have still been carrying all this bitterness, these long-lasting effects of bitterness through the wilderness uh, to the point where finally God says, listen, we need to deal with something right now before we go into the promised land. We have to get to the root of the problem right now. See, can I declare to you that God wants to uproot the very issues that are hindering you in your life. He wants to deliver you. He wants to heal you. He wants to set you free. Now that's a God worth serving. You know, I read about a man by the name of Sadhu Amar. Sadhu Amar Bharati. Sadhu Amar Bharati claims that he raised his hand, just literally raised his hand for 38 years in devotion to the Hindu deity Shiva. One day in 1970, this article says, Bharati left his job, left his wife and his three children in order to pursue his devotion to this deity Shiva. Three years later, he felt he was still too connected to the luxury of mortal life and decided to raise his arm and keep it raised in order to disconnect himself from what he said were luxuries of uh, the mortal life. Now, I don't know about you, but just putting your hand up for a DT Shiva, and again, I try to find out what exactly this Shiva did uh, for a sadhu to merit such dedication of raising your hand for 38 years. In fact, if you read that, you think he's lost more than he's actually gained. But yet he still remained for 38 years faithful by raising his hand. Now, how tragic that is to hear that this man would remain faithful to a God who had done less for him. 
He had done more for his God than his God had done for him. And yet here we are at the crossroads of life with the very issues that we face and our God brings us to a bitter water and he says, I want to heal you. I want to set you free. Only follow my commandments. Do as I say and I'll heal you. We struggle to dedicate or even rededicate our lives. I wonder if there has been a predator in the wilderness, a predator of bitterness that has latched on to your life that needs to be uprooted tonight, that needs to be dealt with tonight. Because I can tell you right now what God has for each and every one of us is ready to be poured out into our lives. But first, we must deal with this root. So let's look thirdly and in closing at made sweet. See, outside of a miracle, the children of Israel would not be able to enjoy the refreshment that they so desperately desired. Much of what we experience in our own personal devotional life to our Lord Jesus Christ involves the miraculous. We recognize that uh, the moment we gave our lives to Jesus Christ, a miracle transpired. He healed us. Uh, he set us free. Uh, for those that had addictions, He turned beer into furniture, right? Uh, there were things that God did as a miracle. No longer are we swearing. Uh, no longer are we uh, lusting. No longer are we living out in greed and pride and arrogance. Uh, but we've been set free. And outside of that, Outside of that miracle, there's nothing that we could have done to have obtained that or even lived that out. And this we see also in the Gospels of Jesus Christ, that we have a woman that hears that Jesus is coming into her city and so she does everything to make sure that she's going to have a moment with Jesus. In Mark chapter 5 verse 28, for she said, if only I touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And the Bible says that she fights through the crowds. She has to wrestle through the obstructions, but she touches the hem of Jesus Christ. And the moment she does, in verse 30, the Bible says, Jesus turned around. You know, that's hope for each and every one of us. Uh, that while we are in the wilderness, while there is a lurking predator, if we just cry out, uh, if we just reach out and touch, uh, listen, Jesus will turn around. We see this also in blind Bartimaeus. In Mark chapter 10, verse 47, and the Bible says, and when he heard that Jesus was uh, th that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The Bible goes on to say that people try to quieten him down and say, listen, listen, you're being too loud. But he began to yell out even more, said, Jesus, have mercy on me. It's in verse 49 that the Bible says, Jesus stood still. He didn't hear the cries in the wilderness and continue 
He didn't feel the touch of the hem of his garment and just continue to walk. The Bible says that Jesus turned around, Jesus stood still, and I'm here to let you know that that is what Jesus Christ wants to do in your life. He wants to make those bitter waters sweet. He wants to deliver you from your afflictions, what you are faced with. He wants to set you free. See, it's our Heavenly Father that after hearing the cries of His people in the wilderness, that He leads them to a place where He's going to demonstrate His miracle power. You know, I don't know about you, but if God's going to show me something, I I want to see it from Him. I don't want to see what man can do. I'm not, I'm not impressed by what I can do, what others can. I, I'm, I want to be impressed. I want to see what God has. I want to experience His power, the miracles He has for me. See, God can make a way for your life while you're in the wilderness. In verse 25 of our text, so we cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them. And then, and there he tested them. Just consider the symbolic picture here that we have. That it is the journey through the wilderness that they come to a bitter waters. And it was only after God showed Moses of a tree after he received a revelation of that tree to be pushed into those waters, that those waters were healed, were made sweet. And that is symbolic of our Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross. That yes, we were born with bitterness. That yes, we were born with sin in our lives. But the moment that we come in contact with the cross, we are set free. We are delivered. There is a transformation from the inside out. Listen to me, beloved. God wants to set you free. He wants to meet with you in the wilderness. He wants to perform a miracle in your behalf. See, the good news is is that He knows where we are. He knows the direction that we're heading. And He is such a great God that He's not willing to let us implode, self-destruct, but rather He's willing to intervene so that we would be delivered from the bitter waters. If we serve a good God, a God that will not abandon us, a God that will not leave us as orphans, a God that hears our cries and He's not there to take advantage of us. Listen, the children of Israel had been ripped off for hundreds of years. The children of Israel were despised, were cast aside. But what they began to recognize is that the Father that is out there with, the, with them in the wilderness is not going to uh, uh, do the same, but rather He's going to demonstrate His power towards them. He took this as an opportunity to demonstrate his miracle power. I'm going to close with this story. This story comes from a man by the name of Dr. Greg Lehman. Dr. Greg Lehman was a known 
atheist doctor in his community. And he actually testifies that he was a very frustrated and angry man. Now, despite having what many would be very envious of in his life, which would include of ski trips, luxury cars, and fancy, a fancy home, Dr. Greg Lehman understood that even though he had all these things, they weren't making him happy. In fact, he testifies that he was a very proud atheist and uh, as a result, uh, uh, you know, uh, having all these wonderful things around him, uh, cruising through medical school, uh, ran a profitable practice, had wife and two kids, uh, despite having the outward appearance of success, he was an angry and tormented man. In fact, uh, his family say that when he would get annoyed, he would uh, react on them. And even so, what made it even more irritable for him to live out his atheistic life is that he lived next to Christians. They were his neighbors. uh, And every time that he saw his Christian neighbors, he would get even more annoyed because he thought that their lifestyles didn't line up with the Bible. And so here is Dr. Greg Lehman that set in his mind to expose his Christian neighbor's hypocrisy. He began to arm himself with ammunition. He began to read the Bible. And what he discovered is by setting to expose his neighbor's hypocrisy, he ultimately was confronted with the living Word of God and as a result became dumbfounded by the Gospel which ultimately claimed that Jesus was the resurrected, our resurrected Savior, then ultimately led him to dive further into what the Word of God says and was transformed from the inside out. Miracle transpired. He went from a bitter doctor to a delivered man. Listen to what he says in his conclusion. He says, Every other religion is man seeking God. Christianity is God seeking man. The real test of Christianity is you call on Him, you put Him to the test. He's not just going to forgive your sins. He's going to show you so that you know that it's true. That's the biggest difference. See, I'm here to declare to you that the God who is out there desperately desiring a relationship with you is hearing your cries in the wilderness and He is wanting to show you a miracle. I don't know where you're at right now in your own life, I don't know what you've experienced, but I'm here to let you know and I'm here to declare to you the God that works in the supernatural, that He can do a miracle for your life. Maybe what you've been living out and seeing transpire in your own personal life, all this bitterness, it's brought you to a place where all you have to do right now is cry out to God. And just like Dr. Lehman who recognize that even though I have everything that I've ever desired, there's still something missing. 
The moment he began to dig deep and look in the Word of God, he found a God that wanted to desperately heal him from the inside out. And that's exactly what he experienced. What about you this evening? Have you been out in the wilderness? Have you fallen victim to the predator of bitterness out there? Won't you let Jesus Christ heal you? Won't you let him heal you from the inside out? Praise God. Why don't we quickly bow our heads wherever we are? We're going to pray in just a moment. We're going to seal off. But if you're here and you're watching right now, you understand, you know what, I, I'm not a Christian. I've not asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. The Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For there is no one righteous, no, not one. And if you're watching this uh, evening from your living room, and you recognize that your heart's not right. In fact, you don't know what would happen if you were to die today. Whether you would make heaven your home or go to hell, the truth is, is that hell is a real place. But see, God so loved you that He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen to me. Jesus Christ died so you wouldn't have to go to hell. In fact, he made a way that if you would uh, ask him to be the payment for your sins, that his blood would cover you and cleanse you and bring you in right relationship with your Father in heaven. And if you're watching this right now, you recognize, you know what, there's sin in my life. Things that I know are not pleasing to God. I've said things. I've done things. I've behaved in a way that is not right. And I feel the guilt and the shame of that. And I want to repent. I want to ask God to forgive me of that. You know, we can take this opportunity right now to lead you through a sinner's prayer by saying, Father, forgive me, I am a sinner. And if God's dealing with you right now, I'm believing the Holy Ghost, the conviction of the Holy Ghost is impressing you right now. We want to give you an opportunity to pray a sinner's prayer. Right now, there is a button that you can hit signifying that you want prayer. And if you would uh, be willing to hit that right now, we'll have someone lead you through a prayer, get in contact with you so that you can experience the love of Jesus Christ. If that's you right now, I want to give you this opportunity. Step out in faith, hit that button so that we can lead you through a prayer that would unlock a relationship with you and your heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Maybe you're a Christian. You've been listening this evening and you recognize, you know what, there are things that I've been harboring in my own life. That I've been traveling through the wilderness and it seems as though there's this reoccurring thing that pops up uh, every so often and you recognize, you know what, this is bitterness, it's issues of the past, it's things that I've gone through uh, that come up and spring up in my everyday life, or maybe a month goes past and a six months or a year, but it always seems to resurface. Maybe Jesus Christ has brought you to this place to uproot that right now. You know, the God that we serve is a faithful God. He's a miracle-working God. And you can pray right now, wherever you are, you can say, Father, forgive me. I know 
that I've been harboring bitterness in my own life. And I'm repenting right now. I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm asking you to set me free. I'm asking you to make me whole. Cover me. Cleanse me and deliver me. The blood of Jesus sets me free. And by His stripes, I'm healed. I accept this forgiveness. And I know that I'm made whole. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it's a prayer that you can pray that would release you, that would deliver you. And that's the desire of our Father in heaven. His desire is that you would not just wander around year after year facing the same circumstances, but rather be able to deal with the issues of life, respond correctly, grow closer to Him, walk away victorious. You know, we've been made more than conquerors. Hallelujah. The Bible says, It's greater is He that is in me than that of the world. And with Jesus Christ, we can do the impossible. And so I want to encourage you. Let's not allow any predators that are out there to take advantage of us. Let's cry out to our Heavenly Father and let's ask Him to show us what we need to do. Hallelujah. Praise God. Why don't we close off in a word of prayer. Father God, we're so thankful once again for your word that is able to instruct us and re reveal the very heart issues that we have. I'm asking the Lord Jesus as we are honest in your presence that you would expose the very things that we've been dealing with. I'm believing, Father God, that a devil defeated, a devil exposed is a devil defeated. And we cling to all that you're doing and all that you're wanting to do. I'm praying, Father God, to strengthen us as your people, to help us to grow closer to you and experience your power and your love and your deliverance, your miracle hand. We're so thankful for this time together and we ask your blessing upon us as we meet again and all God's people typed in, amen and amen. Hallelujah. I want to thank you once again for tuning in, being a part of our regular online services. Don't forget that all our live stream details are on our website, www.pottershousegoldcoast.com.au. Stay in tune with all that we're doing. And we're, let's pray and believe that during this time we'd be able to grow closer to God. Let's also be uplifting our leaders, those that are in power right now, so that they can make the right decisions once again. And let's pray for, a, a once again, a speedy uh, turnover so that we could once again meet in our church, uh, uh, in our sanctuary here in Helensville. I want to thank you uh, uh, for your regular attendance. Uh, stay in contact with one another. Um, on behalf of me and my family, we miss you guys. We miss being around you guys. Uh, uh, but we continue to uplift you in our prayers. Uh, please continue to pray for us. God bless you. Uh, and until we see you again online, amen.